Welcome to the Parsha Perspective. Each week, we will delve deep in a weekly Torah portion to find a practical and insightful way to enhance your daily life. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Rabbi Shalom Yemini, and each week we'll look into the weekly Torah portion to find practical and insightful ways to enhance your daily life. This week's Parsha Perspective is in honor of our homeland, Eretz Yisrael. May HaKarsh Baruch Hu, may God protect our brave soldiers as they eradicate our enemies. May God save all the hostages in Gaza from harm and return them home immediately. May God grant comfort to all those who have lost family or friends in the horrific attacks or in the war after. And may God grant a speedy recovery to all those injured in the attack or in the war after. This week's Torah portion is Parshas Vayetze, Covenant of Faith. Our Parsha begins with Yaakov Avinu fleeing Be'er Sheva to escape Esav's anger and rage. On his way to Charan, he rested overnight on the future home of the base Hamikdash Har Hamaria. He dreamt of a ladder reaching the heavens with angels ascending and descending it that night. God then appeared to Yaakov Avinu and told him that he would give him the very land he was sleeping on and guard him until he returns home to the land of Canaan. The following morning, Yaakov woke up in a shock. He recognized this mountain's holiness and named it Kel, the house of God. Yaakov continued his travels and arrived in Charan, where he saw Rachel, Laban's younger daughter, by the city well with her father's sheep. But a large rock blocked access to the well's opening, so Yaakov single-handedly rolled off the massive stone that sat on top of the well and gave water to her sheep. When Rivka found out who Yaakov Avinu was, she ran home to her father and told him that his nephew had come to town. Lavan went outside and greeted Yaakov and invited him to stay in his home. He also offered him the position of tending to his sheep as a shepherd and asked him what he want as payment. Yaakov Avinu answered him that he wished to marry his youngest daughter Rachel, and Lavan replied that he must work seven years in exchange for her hand of marriage. After seven years of hard work, Lavan arranged a wedding but switched his daughters, giving Leah the older daughter instead of Rachel the younger daughter. The following morning, Yaakov realized what had happened, but it was already too late. And so he worked another seven years to marry Rachel Menu. Our Parsha has the births of eleven of the twelve children of Yaakov Vinu. Leah gave birth to Reuven, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, Yisachar, and Zvulun. Zilpah, Leah's maidservant, gave birth to God and Usher. Rachel gave birth to Yosef, and her maidservant Bila gave birth to Dun and Naphtali. However, a question comes to mind. The morning after God appeared and reminded Yaakov Avinu that he has been with him the whole time and will be with him throughout his journeys, Yaakov Avinu woke up in a shock and he said he did not know that God was, was there and God was with him. The Pasuk writes, Vayikets Yaakov Mishnasa and Yaakov woke up in a shock from his sleep. Wow, there is God is indeed present in this place. I didn't know. How did Yaakov Avinu not realize that God was with him? What did God say or do that shocked Yaakov so immensely that woke him up from his sleep and exclaimed that God is indeed with him? The Zoyar on Parshas Vayetze explains that the vision that Yaakov had of the angels ascending and descending the ladder that reached the heavens was no small feat. And in fact, it is one of our tradition's most revealing, most expressive revelations of God. And we do not find a similar level of vision to either Avram Avinu or Yitzchak Avinu. 
The Rabbeinu Bachaya, Rav Bachia ben Usher, a leading commentary from the 14th century, writes that God appeared to Yaakov in such a revealed manner, in such an expressive manner, to ease his transition and solidify his confidence as he begins the next stage of his life. The Rabbeinu Bachaya explains that both Avram and Yitzchak Avinu had acts of mysterious nefesh, of self-sacrifice in their youth to justify God's relationship, to justify God's openness with them. Avram Avinu recognized God at just three years old and challenged all those around him to believe in the one true God. Yitzchak Avinu was the first to be circumcised at eight days old, purifying him from when he was just a baby boy. And his main sacrifice was willingly going with his father to be offered as a human offering to Hashem, to God, at the Akedah. But Yaakov Avinu had seemingly no major acts of self-sacrifice, no great demonstrations of belief, no real reason for God to be candid, to be open with him. And yet, for that precise reason, God demonstrated, God showed Yaakov Avinu that he would be with him until he returned to the Promised Land. The Torah details his vision in a most vivid manner. The Pasuk says, V'hine Hashem nitzav alav, V'yomer ani Hashem leke Avram avicha veleke Yitzchak, Ha'aret asher ata sheichiv aleha, Lecha etnana lezarecha. And behold, God was standing over him and said, I am the Lord, the God of Avram and the God of Yitzchak. And the ground which you are lying on, I will give to you and to your descendants. V'haya zarecha ka'afa aretz, U'farazta yama v'kedma tzafayna v'negba. Your descendants shall be like the dust of the earth and spread out to the west, to the east, to the north, and to the south. And all the families and all the nations of the world will be blessed by you and by your descendants. And remember that I am with you. And I will protect you wherever you go. I bring you back to this land, to the promised land, to Eretz Yisrael, to the land of Israel. And I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised. The Zoyer continues its profound explanation. It explains that as the angels were ascending and descending the ladder, preparing to go out of Israel with Yaakov Vinu, there was a moment when Yaakov seemed all alone. But it couldn't be further from the truth. God was standing over and protecting Yaakov as the angels got positioned to protect him. The reason for God's candidness and openness is to teach Yaakov and his descendants, us today, that his relationship with them and with us is not solely dependent on our actions. And although it may seem like God is distant from us, that is a far cry from reality. If we open up our eyes, we will see his guiding hand dictating our every move. If we open up our hearts, we will enter the loving embrace of our Father in Heaven, HaKadosh Baruch It may be difficult, but no action can prevent us from feeling God's love and God's desire. Every single person can experience this level of connection, this level of unity, of oneness with our Father, with our Creator, God Almighty. And unfortunately, this profound lesson and this fundamental teaching of emuna, of bitachan, of faith and trust in God is so relevant today. Most of us are still reeling from the immense tragedy of October 7th and our daily lives have been forever changed. And surprisingly, many have yet to recognize that God is the sole provider of life, of meaning, of happiness and of purpose. 
But God in His great kindness, God in His great mercy has and always will continue to fulfill the promise that He has made to our forefathers, Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. The bris, the covenant of connection, the covenant of love, the covenant of unity, and most importantly, the covenant of redemption of Geulah. I will conclude with a powerful quote from Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs of Lesson Memory. At the heart of Judaism is faith in freedom. Our faith in God's freedom and God's faith in ours. Have a great weekend. Good Shabbos and Am Yisrael. Chai. Thank you for tuning in to The Parsha Perspective. Check out our website, theparshaperspective.com. Send thoughts and comments to theparshaperspective at gmail.com. Till next time, thanks for listening. Thank you.